0: Hello and welcome to Informed, a podcast series where you hear industry experts share their thought-provoking insights and lessons in the field of medical communications. This series is brought to you by ISMAP and is generously sponsored by MedThink SciComm. I'm Rob Mathias, President and CEO of ISMAP. Today, I'm joined by Neil Adams, Manager, Industry Solutions, North America, Carger Publishers. Neil has more than 20 years of experience working with healthcare industry partners, journal editors, professional societies, and authors to publish important clinical research and deliver educational and marketing solutions. His areas of expertise include industry-sponsored publications, clinical trial submissions, enhanced digital content, online educational resources, and journal supplements. In this second part of our enhanced publication content, Neil and I will be chatting about the future of EPC and what it may look like. Welcome back, Neil. Great to be here. Thanks, Rob. So Neil, in the, the first part of this series, we discussed kind of the baseline, the foundation of EPC and what it's all about, uh, trying to get help people get oriented to that. Today, we're going to focus our conversation on the future, ask you to look into your crystal ball a little bit and help us think about what EPC may look like going forward. So um, if we start just with a broad, broad question, what do you think the future of EPC looks like for us?
1: Oh, gosh. I do think, um, I'm going to assume that those of us at Carter and other publishers are going to do a better job at getting the word out um, about the effectiveness and the importance of EPCs, and particularly for funders such as Pharma, the ROI. And when we do that, I think the future holds that we will there will be more offerings for, of EPCs by journals, by publishers. I think here at Carter, we do a lot of visual abstracts, uh, graphical abstracts, not so much video abstracts. I think more journals will hopefully offer more video abstracts. Uh, author podcasts, the things I mentioned earlier, videos, other videos, links to videos on YouTube uh, from the manuscripts. I think there'll be more of those in the future um, because I think, that again, it's such an important thing for these manuscripts to have an EPC, have EPCs associated with them. The future is bright, I think, and that there will be more journals, uh, more publishers, and more formats offered at these publications for authors to choose from in terms of EPC. So I'm I'm pretty bullish on the EPCs in the future.
0: It definitely sounds that way. So what do you think is the primary motivation for publishers to expand EPC offerings and and so on?
1: Well, we could get into the uh, discussion of the infamous uh, impact factor. Everybody uh, wants to uh, publish journals with high impact factors, even though there are so many problems with the impact factor, it's still very much with us, as we all know. So uh, I think publishers certainly, they want to uh, continue with EPCs because they drive impact for their publications. And so, um, you know, it's some better impact factors for their journals, press releases, and good news uh, from publishers when they when they publish something has a, a great deal of impact. And EPCs are all about impact. So um, I think publishers want to continue to uh, to offer EPCs as, as much as possible.
0: Great. So I'm recalling back to our, our last conversation, and even something you just uh, mentioned now, is in thinking about the future of EPC, it seems like your crystal ball tells us that it's probably largely uh, rooted in in metrics and being able to really establish a return uh, to to make sure we're actually getting something useful coming out of these different tools. If you had to measure a couple things, or what are some examples of things that publishers could be measuring, or sponsors could be helping to measure, uh, so that we could establish some of that that impact?
1: Yes, well, certainly um, video abstracts. We would want to see downloads for the video abstracts and measure those. And same thing with visual abstracts or graphical abstracts. Um, get good metrics. In terms of those things if you want talking about podcasts author podcasts and other uh, enhanced publication content how long do people listen to these podcasts if they listen to the entire podcast or just bits and pieces of it the whole thing any sort of metrics that we can that we can come up with we need to do and and report on these metrics to the to the funders uh, to the authors but again key are our downloads. Uh, page views, things like that—the sort of the, the standard metrics that we t- always talk about with things. So we need to do more of that and and get that get that information out there.
0: Do you think that there's any types of metrics that can actually establish a little bit closer to uh, to genuine impact, or is that still a challenge? I know, you know, in traditional publishing—we he mentioned the infamous impact factor, and we won't we won't go there today, uh, <laughs> uh, Neil. But certainly, when we think about the different types of factors that are there, we usually measure a quantity quantity of things. We you know count things. Uh, but always trying to get to that elusive area of like what actually makes a difference in healthcare, uh, point of care service. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, that is that is tough because we could reams and reams of data of downloads and uh, page views and you know how long you're listening to a particular podcast. But is it actually changing physician clinician behavior in the hospital, in the clinic, whatever it might be, is it actually moving the needle in terms of changing behavior? And that's really difficult. To measure uh, and i don't think we're there yet but hopefully we can at some point get there because that, that's ultimately what we're what we're all about is treating patients better changing behaviors so those patients are better sooner but how do you measure that from something like it's tough to do
0: yeah i suppose based on on the conversation we had last time and, and what you're saying now you know, probably the closer we can get to uptake of these different types of tools, uh, the closer we get to people actually using them and implementing them in, in point of care and so on. But still definitely a, a lofty goal for us, I, I can assure you. Uh,
1: it Certainly is. We're, we're game for it. We want to continue to, to do all we can to possibly do that because that's what it's, what it's all about. Why we're publishing the research is, um, you know, for clinicians and to, to help them provide better care for their patients.
0: So if we accomplish some of these things in terms of metrics and, and being able to better understand, you know, which types of tools we want to use, in which scenarios, do you anticipate Better uptake
1: of EPC in the future? Do you think it's going
0: to fizzle out? What do you think is going to happen?
1: I think I think there'll be better uptake. I think again, if all the stakeholders sort of converge and are, are, are all on the same page, I think there will be better uptake and it will help deliver better, more impact in terms of these research articles, the publications that we that we do. But again, it's going to it's going to take everyone. It's going to take ISMAP. In fact, it's going to take groups like ISMAP. It's going to take publishers like where I work. It's going to take. Uh, the funders, uh, maybe the pharma companies, and certainly going to take the healthcare professionals who, who read this stuff. So it really is it's going to take a lot of folks to to emphasize. Um, and again, I, I think ISMAP has done a terrific job. A lot of uh, abstracts have been published. Um, there have been ISMAP News, for example, on enhanced content. So I think there's been good good steps in the direction, but I think more needs to be done and we all need to do, to do our part. But again, as I said before, I'm bullish on, on APCs. I think they're going to be, they do have a bright future. If for nothing else, then that physicians are really pressed more and more these days, it seems like for time. And uh, as I say, if, if the title of an article catches uh, a clinician's eye, but the, you know it's 15 pages or whatever, and I don't have time to read this right now. But if they see a visual abstract or a graphical abstract, that will make a mental and say, okay, that I would like to see that. And uh, so they'll make a mark and say, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna, I got to make time for this paper, but I can't do it now, but I'll do it later. So that's the kind of stuff we're hoping is going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting that you go there and, and you mention that because, you know, a lot of times we find that, you know, physicians and other healthcare practitioners don't simply um, have the attention span or we can't get their attention because they're getting so much information. Do you see that in the future as being one of the larger value propositions for EPC or uh, oh, yeah. is it more on the learning side? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think I think absolutely it is. The headlines that you see these days, nothing in the, in the sort of reports that are done. And, it's, you know, it's certainly understandable that clinicians are really pressed for time. They don't have a whole lot of time. So I think the fact that the, we can do a, a, a visual abstract or a video abstract and condense as much as possible, these are not, of course, these are not substitutes for actually reading the article. These are other sort of ways to help gain interest. We want you to l- watch the video abstract and we want you to read the visual visual abstract, but then go back and read the entire paper, of course. This is not one or the other. So, uh, yeah, but the value proposition is certainly part of it the ability to to look at something and and say fairly quickly, um, within a couple of minutes, you know, this is something that I really want to set aside and read later.
0: So you have um, very well predicted my next question, which is are physicians and other healthcare practitioners, are they gonna just stop reading journal articles in your opinion in the future? You
1: know? <laughs> no, I don't I don't think so. I think with things like EPC, you really need to read the articles in the journal. It's all about learning more and understanding more about the science that's moving ahead and the only way you can do that is really read the full article uh, in the journal and that's where actually most physicians like to get their information from journal articles so um, i don't I, th- I think they will continue to read but i think epcs um will really help um, as i say if there's an article that's not somebody can read a, a visual abstract and the clinician says well this is really not really what i'm focused on and they won't read the article and that's fine but it really it helps to sort of weed out i guess but they, they perform a very important function. And again, speed speed is one of them, but also getting the information out there in the first place to uh, physicians who might not
0: otherwise see it. So if I'm understanding you right, it sounds like these EPCs can, can do a couple of different functions. One is they can really generate awareness right? So that people know that there's materials they can go to uh, to learn more about what's happening scientifically. But they also are translation tools, I guess, to some degree for those who are busy and, and can't, you know, quite frankly, get right to uh, some of the original content. So I think there's a number of purposes uh, based on what I hear you saying. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. And also a third one I would say is comprehension. If something is really complex, an infographic, a visual graphic uh, really helps to sort of sift through the complexity of it if it's done well to help physicians really understand something, uh, whatever, you know, whatever might be in the article. So I think comprehension is an important piece as well.
0: So in our last episode, we had discussed um, a little bit plain language summaries and, uh, we can certainly debate whether or not they fall into the realm of EPC or not, but what do you think the future is for PLS?
1: Again, I think they're bright. I think the future is bright for PLS. Again, this is something that it's taken some time to get all the different stakeholders on board with plain language summaries. Um, but they are so important. And uh, again, this is a whole new audience. These are patients, not just the HCPs, but also, you know, HCPs read them as well. There seems to me, again, from my perspective, from the publisher's perspective, more and more, you know, working with our industry partners. There seems to be a, a, an interest in getting the inf- information, the research that is that is funded by, by uh, the industry partners, getting this research written up and available not only for the clinicians, but also for the patients seems to me there's more and more interest in that from the um, industry perspective, which is great, which means, as you know, from a publisher's point of view, that's going to be more and more reason for us to public, start publishing more and more plain language summaries. So I think the future is very bright. But again, it's going to take some time, but again, we're making steps in the right direction for sure.
0: So taking us back into, again, a future look at things and where things are going to be heading, do you anticipate that publishers will be at the forefront of you know, housing EPC and, and actually developing, or do you see other players getting involved? Like what's, you know, your broad crystal ball on that?
1: I do, I, I do see, it's a, it's an offering that publishers, I think they have been offered for years. And I think they're, they, they have a lot of resources that they have set up. Um, by that, I mean, other companies that they have partnered with um, to say, for example, do uh, video abstracts, produce video abstracts, uh, visual abstracts, things like that. So there's, there's always sort of a, a platform and network sort of set up by publishers, which is great. One thing I mentioned earlier, um, I did want to mention, I think is, is important, is this uh, Enhanced Publication Options Navigator from MPIP, which is available at the ISMAP site. It's a terrific tool and that has a bright future as well, but I'd like to see a little more work, frankly, uh, done with that, with that uh, resource. I think it'd be important to add links, perhaps. Again, if I could make some suggestions, Rob, <laughs> if we could uh, put some links to that platform that show the effectiveness of EPC somehow and, and sort of expand the, the site, which is terrific. And again, maybe for those who, don't, who are listening who don't know about it, but it's a, it's a tool to help publication planners uh, identify enhanced publication content and PLSs and other things, um, where they're available, which, which journals and which publishers Uh, It's a really useful, handy tool. But as I say, I think think more could be done with that tool. And again, in terms of expanding it, linking it to some studies, I think would would be helpful, certainly for publication planners at Pharma, to see the value of um, EPCs and plain language summaries, which you asked about earlier.
0: Yeah, uh, certainly good feedback on the tool, and, and we certainly do get uh, many areas of feedback because it's a, it's a tool that gets consulted quite often. Along the lines of, of ISMAP getting involved in this, and it's certainly important to me from a selfish point of view, is there any other areas where ISMAP could help with you know, trying to facilitate uptake and, and the you know next steps in terms of uh, EPC?
1: Um, I would say, aside from um, a little more promotion of the EPON tool, I would think, um, again, there have been some great studies presented at ISMAP use. Abstracts for the annual meeting, more of those highlighting more of those. Maybe some panel discussions about. Uh, there had been, probably, have been some about EPCs This map's been doing a terrific job. But as I said, I think I said earlier, more could be done by all the, all the stakeholders, the authors, uh, the funders. MAP and certainly, certainly the publishers.
0: Well, it does sound like it will certainly be a concerted effort to uh, bring things to the next level. And, and I've taken my own uh, action items from this conversation. So I appreciate that, Neil. And I <laughs> want to thank you for the, these two discussions we've had um, overall on EPC. I think they've done a great job of setting the stage for what's currently the environment and where things are going in the future. So thank you again so much for your time, for the great conversation and lending your expertise on the topic.
1: Oh, my pleasure, Rob. Thanks very much for having me on the program.
0: Thanks for listening to Informed for Medical Communication Professionals. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, inform your colleagues, and rate our show highly if you liked what you heard today. We hope you'll also join us at an upcoming ISMAP University webinar or even consider becoming a member of our association. Just go to ISMAP.org, that's I-S-M-P-P.org, to learn more. I'm
1: Rob Mathias.